Hey everybody, it's Sathya Sam here and welcome to the New Man Podcast. I am so glad you're here and I just want to personally thank you for tuning in. You're hearing me talk first instead of my epic podcast introduction. So you know that means this is an interview. And of course, you saw it in the title as well. Uh, What we try to do with interviews, you know, if you look at sort of the episode list of this podcast, you'll see that a majority of it is content. We try to answer frequently asked questions. We try to give some practical tips, advice, um, and just really serve you guys that way, just providing really specific topic-focused content. But we do interviews as well because there are people out there who have expertise that are going to help you. They're going to help you become a better man. They're going to help you gain uh, more healing in your heart. They're going to help you transform into the person God's made you to be. And they're ultimately going to help you walk in greater levels of freedom. And some guests are, you know, direct. Uh, It's really just clear, I guess, that their messaging is going to be useful in the area of recovering from porn. And in some instances, like today's guest, you have somebody with a subject that is not directly related but it runs parallel and it has so many crossovers that um, it is honestly, it's going to be just as impactful, if not more impactful than bringing in, you know, um, a sexologist or some, some therapist who, you know, has like a PhD in this area and is really a hyper focused and hyper specialized. So our guest today is Barry Adams and he is phenomenal. I mean, the minute he opens his mouth, I, I just feel at peace. I just feel like this guy is like, he's so safe, he's so comfortable and easy to talk to, but he has a profound message. And this is like, this guy went viral before being viral or going viral was a thing. Um, so he posted this, uh, this little document called the Father's Love Letter. It's a scripture-based uh, text of just affirmations and words that God speaks over us throughout scripture. And he sort of wove it into this really well-crafted letter uh, that was from God to us. And he uploaded it to his website in like the late 90s, early 2000s, and got millions of downloads on it. No marketing, no advertising, just referrals, word of mouth, and this thing went ballistic. And the rest is history. He has a ministry now called Father Heart Communications, and um, he basically just shares that story. He talks about what it looks like to really be loved by God and how that changes our hearts and, and, and as a result changes our behavior and the way we live our lives. And that includes freedom from pornography and sexual misbehavior. And, you know, I, I, I just want to say that if you can really grasp Barry's message, you're going to be so impacted in, in the way you see yourself and the way you experience yourself that it can't um, not change you. Like it, it's impossible for it to not have some sort of impact. So uh, enjoy this interview. Uh, Barry is just a legend you're going to see. And um, anyway, I won't spend any more time here. Let's cue that music and jump into it. Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith sexuality, and relationships. The goal? goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. All right, well, I'm here with Barry Adams, uh, Father Heart Ministries. Did I get that right? Is that the name of your ministry? Is it Father Uh, Heart? Father Heart Communications. Close enough. Father Heart Communications. Yeah, close enough. Father Heart Communication, sorry. Um, it's a pleasure to have you, man. Thanks so much for being here today. Ah, uh, Sophia, it's my joy. 
Uh, okay, so it's funny. I've known you, Barry, for a very long time. You knew me when I was quite a bit younger. Uh, probably, maybe we met when I was in my adolescent years. And I really just knew you as my dad's friend. I had no idea that you had this epic ministry going on. <laughs> and part of that is because you were just my dad's friend and I knew you in that frame. Uh, but you're also a very humble person. You, you've done incredible things through your ministry. I think God has just, um, he has done things with it that I imagine you never would have dreamed of. And I'm, I'm really excited to hear a little bit about the story of how it came about because I think your story is quite unique uh, as far as the way you wound up in ministry. And then I'd love to just get into the heart of Father Heart Communications and what you guys are about and, um, and the messaging behind it. Because I really think that for our audience, um, these are the kinds of messages they need to be hearing uh, to go on their journey to, to freedom and to healing. So let's, let's kick it off with uh, maybe you can tell us just a little bit about who you are um, and uh, especially kind of the origin story. What, what's your background and how did you sort of find yourself into this ministry? Well, it's uh, that's a good question. I still ask myself that sometimes, <laughs> but it, it certainly wasn't by a shrewd design. It was just uh, I think uh, there was a bigger plan that uh, our heavenly Father had for me that uh, He helped me to to walk in. But uh, yeah, I born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and uh, I ended up in the newspaper business after high school, uh, just as a summer job before I considered any kind of options for post post-secondary education and ended up at a newspaper in the advertising department as a junior classified advertising salesperson at 16 years of age. Wow. That's, that's when I graduated high school and got out a little bit early and I ended up, you know, thinking it was going to be my Bible school, ended up being there for 19 years. I had seven different jobs and my last position was uh, director of advertising for the, the newspaper uh, yeah, I had a passion for media and just as, 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 you know, in, because we worked in, uh, secular media, I just felt like, you know, media was the language of the culture and I was being trained in the secular media. Mm. And of course I became a Christian when I was 15 years of age, powerful revelation of Jesus changed my life, powerful revelation of the Holy Spirit changed my life. Uh, and, um, yeah, I just ended up being in full-time pastoral ministry after 19 years, left the newspaper business, came into a revelation at one point of the father heart of God that absolutely rocked my world, turned me inside out. And, uh, I realized that, you know, I had a intellectual understanding of God as father, but I didn't have a heart revelation of that, uh, that truth that uh, would change my life. And, and just every person who's ever been born again into the kingdom has been, comes through revelation. It doesn't come through an intellectual, uh, ascent. It, it is something where the, our, the eyes of our heart are open. So, you know, as a result of that, coming into this revelation that that God is not just Father somewhere out there for the whole universe, but He's my Dad. That's what Jesus died to bring us into, where God says in Second Corinthians six eighteen, "I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters," declares the Lord Almighty. So that that changed everything. Uh, I began to see the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation through a new lens. It was like I put on brand new glasses. And one day in, in prayer, I just asked the Lord to, to help me comprehend all these scriptures now that I was seeing through the lens of the Father's love into one stream of thought. And it wasn't like an audible voice, but I just heard in my heart the Father say, if you take some of these scriptures, paraphrase them in the, in, in the first person, they'll form a love letter for me to the world. And that's what I did on and a sermon illustration on a January 1999 Sunday morning service at my home church. And they called it Father's Love Letter, and it, it just kind of got out of hand, and uh, <laughs> and it just launched me into a uh, a new ministry. I left 
full-time pastoring to do what we're doing now that we've been doing now for over 20 years full-time, just sharing this revelation of the Father Heart of God, using every aspect of media that we can. Uh, had no idea about the internet back in, you know, the late 90s, but uh, the Lord was merciful and we kind of figured it out. So that's, that's kind amazing. of it in a nutshell. Yeah. I think it's partially why my dad likes you so much is you're always cutting edge with your media. Like the way even we were talking about your setup a little bit before we hit record and um, you're always on top of that stuff. It's really cool. Uh, I guess my question, my main question out of all of that is um, for starters, just going even a little bit back before you wrote the father's love letter. How, why did you get into pastoral ministry? Why did you make the jump out of, you know, secular media? It sounded like you were climbing the ranks there. Why that transition first? Well, I, when I became a Christian, I actually felt I had a calling in my life. And uh, that, you know, and of course, my grid of, of, of a calling was pastoral. Like I had no grid for anything else. And so when I started the newspaper business, I, I felt, I said to my parents at 16 years of age, you know, I didn't realize how prophetic it would be. And I said, this is going to be my Bible school. I really believe it. Now, I, I'm oh. a slow... I'm a slow learner because I was. <laughs> it took me 19 years to to go through Bible school. But it was in that time that that the the it, kind of in hindsight I realized that God was training me as a son in secular media to give me authority in the realm of media. And so uh, you know after the 19 years, uh, you know I I still had this understand you know this heart uh, feeling in, inside of me that I I was called into full time ministry. So, but I didn't know what grid that was. So my home church saw that there was a, a calling in my life, invited me to come on staff as a, a full-time pastor without any Bible school training. But, you know, after three years of doing that, coming into this revelation of the Father's love, it was it was like, you know, when David went against Goliath, right? And he was, here's the shepherd boy going against this massive giant. And the king comes and says, you know what, I'm, you know, and the king Saul was pretty big. And he put onto David's shoulders his own armor and said, you know, I'm going to honor you to wear my ar- armor. And thank goodness that David was perceptive enough to realize it didn't fit, right? And he said, no, give me a, a few smooth stones in a slingshot and I'm good to go. And it was just like that with pastoral ministry. It was like, it didn't fit for me. It was like, I felt like I was called in a ministry, but, you know, and I have a pastoral heart, but I didn't feel that that was the calling. And so as a result, you know, I kind of falling into the, this, doing this sermon illustration called Father's Love Letter, you know, it was a PowerPoint presentation. It wasn't anything super fancy, but that just was the gateway for me to actually go into the realm of, of, of media that, you know, the Lord had really trained me for. One of the early viral videos, you know, and it was a flash video at the time uh, in the internet um, that, uh, yeah, just went around the world and, and now it's in over 120 languages and it's still, it's still got legs all these years later, which is really surprising. It's really amazing. So you've had incredible success with the Father's Love Letter, um, as you mentioned, and, and success as in this message has reached so many people. Yeah. Um, who maybe wouldn't have even been able to comprehend God in that kind of light. And, and we'll get into all of that. But I I would love to hear just a little bit about how did you actually fall into this? Like, was this just a an ordinary Sunday and, you know, you've been given a subject and you're thinking, okay, I guess I better dig into the Bible and let's see what we can kind of conjure up, you know, as pastors do. I, like you have a thousand other things you need to do and you have to somehow squeeze some time in and do messages. I guess I just, I'm curious because... I think people will hear about the success of the Father's Love Letter 
and think like, oh, he must have labored over this thing for years and, you know, like a years in the making kind of thing. That's just what we always assume that with that level of um, of prominence or dispersion, however you want to phrase it. But can you just tell us a little bit about how this all came about? Well, it was really, it was quite innocent in the sense that there was no big uh, view for it or, or, or vision for it. It was just for a Sunday morning and it was me preaching on the love of the Father in January. And again, I just wanted to have this sermon illustration to to demonstrate or to express the love of God in a in a very creative way, and so that's all I did. It was a part, and I, and again, it was trying to convert a PowerPoint presentation. This is 1998 when I was, you know, <laughs> December when I'm trying to do this. So you know, tr- even to try to get a PowerPoint presentation into a video format, it was I had no idea how to do that. And so yeah, it was just really meant for the Sunday morning service. But you know, after I played it, it was uh you know the a lot of the congregation had a very strong emotional response to this message. People were weeping. And, and, mm. and so I, I just had the thought that, you know, if, if it touched the heart of, of hearts of people in our congregation, maybe this new kind of horizon of the, the internet, maybe I'll try to figure out how to get it on uh, the, the web. And so by, it took me a little while to figure that out and I had help of some dear friends but uh, created fathersloveletter.com in November 1999. And we just put up, it was a flash file back then. And that was the technology. And it was just on a loop. And it was very, very, you know, pixelated. And there wasn't anything really fancy. But uh, I just remember by, I think it was January 2000, uh, we get received a, a panic phone call from our internet service provider. And we didn't do anything slick. There was no marketing. There was no promotion, nothing. It was just putting it on there. And they asked, what are you guys doing on your website? And we said, nothing. We just have a video file. And they said, well, there's so many people drawing on that that one uh, file that we, it's going to crash their entire server. So oh. we, they, they gave us 24 hours to change the file size or they were going to shut our website down. So, oh you know, and, and so that was the early days. I mean, back then, I think there were 18 million websites in the world and very, very limited. That was dial-up technology, you know, you know that crazy dial-up with the phone and the, you know, the, <laughs> all that crazy <laughs> stuff. And, and so, you know, we've seen it progress where there's over a billion websites now and that's not including the social media. So, you know, we've, we've, we've seen, a, it's like we've gone from the horse and buggy days of the internet to where we are today. So I have a, I still have this passion to, to be, I'm, I'm kind of the ultimate opportunist when it comes to media, you know, anything that's available at my disposal, I just want to be able to maximize to the best I can. So, and, and it's just having fun. And, and to be honest, it's just following my heart. The more that we begin to believe how much we're loved by God, the more that we are free to get in touch with our heart's desires. And, you know, I think sometimes when people think about God's plan for their life, they, they think that God, must want the opposite of their own heart's desires because they just think that their heart's desires are evil. You know, there's a a scripture in Jeremiah that talks about the heart is exceedingly wicked. Who can trust it? But that's an old covenant paradigm. When we're born again into the kingdom of God, God has given us a brand new heart. His heart is how he, this new heart is how he guides us. So my, my journey, and it continues, I'm still on the journey like everybody, but is learning to follow my heart. 
and to the Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works at us to will and to act according to his good purpose. So it's actually God directing us through the desires of our hearts. So the whole media realm, it's just been, that's my jam. That's my, I, I, I still don't, I'm not an expert at it. I'm actually, I'm in my 60s now, so I'm getting pretty old and, and <laughs> kind of out of touch, I think, to, to the lot, a lot of the newest technologies, but you know, I'm doing my best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's an incredible story. I mean, you you basically went viral before it was cool, right? Yeah. Like you were you're such a forerunner in that sense. And I think you've kept up really well. You have an amazing setup there. You've done you've done very well on all those fronts. Um I want to transition a little bit into just the heart of the message and kind of the essence cuz that that I think is the real meat and and potatoes of of this interview and and what it is that you bring to the table, Barry. Uh, so I'll use my own story as an example. You know, I grew up in traditional church where the emphasis was always on Jesus, uh, and rightfully so. He's our Savior. He's the Messiah. Um, he is the one who has afforded us this new covenant that you just referenced. But that was really, um, that was where all of the teaching revolved around. And then, of course, we knew that the, the Spirit of God was at work. It wasn't really discussed a lot, um, but it was certainly acknowledged and understood. And then, of course, God was the Father, and he was kind of commandeering, he's steering the ship or, you know, however you want to phrase it. Um, and then I, I made a transition somewhere along the way, got a lot more exposed to charismatic church where there, there's a huge emphasis on the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and uh, signs and wonders and God moving in power and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I think those sort of um, circles are common. They're prevalent. You know, people learn about Jesus. It's kind of foundational to salvation. We learn about the Holy Spirit and we, we understand his moving in our hearts and in our lives. But there's not a lot of places you can go where you're guaranteed to get a ministry that emphasizes God as Father. That mm. that concept is somewhere along the way, I would say it was lost. And I think, um, you know, maybe in the last six years, you can look back and, and see a song like Good, Good Father. And people are starting to talk about it more now. But um, I mean, this message for you originated in the late 90s. So tell us a little bit about... Um, I guess I'm just curious what you think. Like, why why is it that we've maybe not emphasized God as Father so much? Um, I, I would say even now we're still way behind. But um, but why that that void in the Christian world? Uh, it's a very very good question, Sophia, and and it's one th that a question that I have pondered myself for a long time. Uh, the the only thing that I I like from my own personal experience, I had this intellectual understanding, theological understanding of the fatherhood of God. And as I had a revelation of Jesus and I had a revelation of the Holy Spirit, I needed a revelation of the Father. And I think oftentimes we don't see that. We think, okay, we have our theology down pat. Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. And so he has this place in, in, the, in the Trinity that in, in essence can be, you know, we just, he, we don't want to disturb him, right? He's, yeah. you know, but, but a lot of what has happened, and it was my own story as well, but a lot of the struggle that we have is if we don't have a, a Holy Spirit generated revelation of the fathering of God, we are, we are left to um, what I call our default settings. So like Jesus, we read about in the, in the, in the gospels and he's, he's the friend of sinners. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He loved people. He, you know, forgave the sinners. He healed people. We, uh, so he's safe. And the Holy Spirit is our, our counselor and our teacher, and he is safe. But when you put the name father, 
on the first person of the Trinity. Every person on planet Earth has had a biological father in a biological mother. And so the name father can evoke all kinds of different emotions in our hearts. For some of us, if we've had a good father experience, it might be very warm and and, and not threatening. But for others who have had a difficult parent experience, uh, it could be absolutely the, the opposite of anything they want to get close to. We've had many people in our ministry over the years say, I've had one father in my life. I don't want another one. And so... Right. So the struggle that people have without revelation coming, and again, I, I can only speak to my own uh, life experience where my dad did the best he could to love me, but you know he came from a broken home. He struggled with alcoholism. He struggled with anger. So when I was growing up, you know, he was an angry man. Uh, did the best he could to love me, but you know, I had to. To the only time he really noticed me is when I performed or achieved something. Right. So I. Mm. I at an early age, I, I had this incredible achieving, you know, this 24-7 flywheel that was inside of me because all I wanted to do is, is get my dad to notice me, to affirm me. And the only way I could do that is through achieving, you know, getting good grades in school or, or winning judo tournaments when I was in judo uh, or, or, you know, going even into a career in the newspaper business and getting promotions. It was like there was something in me that wanted my father's affirmation. So... I didn't even know it until I came into this revelation that, uh, you know, because there's a saying, you don't know what you don't know. And so when I thought of God as a father, because I didn't have the revelation that came from the Holy Spirit and Jesus coming to bring that revelation of the father to us, I defaulted to what was a father like for me. And so I didn't, I didn't intellectually think I was doing this, but um, on a heart level, uh, the, the way that I tried to grasp God as a father was through the lens of my own earthly father experience. And I think so many people do that. There's a, like, um, one of the heroes of Christendom is a man of named Martin Luther. And of course, we know he was the leader of the Great Reformation, but he had a difficult relationship with his father. And this is a direct quote from him. He's, you know, 500 years ago, he was like a champion in Christendom and he's still a hero. But this is what he said. I have difficulty praying the Lord's Prayer because whenever I say our father, I think of my own father who was hard, unyielding and relentless and I cannot help but think of God in that way. So, you know, kudos to Martin Luther for being honest about the struggle to be intimate with the Father, because any time he thought of his heavenly Father, his default settings were his earthly Father. So I, I honestly think in, in the realm of, of Christendom that where, where we have struggled to see really why Jesus came to planet Earth, sure he came to, to uh, heal us and to save us and, and be the way in which we could be forgiven and reconciled and born again, but he came to bring us home. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. See, mm -hmm. you see, Jesus is the way. And, and, and you know, and it, one of the things that I always encourage people is to come into a revelation of the Father heart of God is not in any way to diminish the role of Jesus. Because in, in my own relationship, when I began to realize the implications that, is that Jesus came to, to, make, to make a way so that his father could become my father. And my union with Jesus has secured the same relationship with the father that he has. So in essence, my relationship with Jesus, that union that he is in me and I am in, in, in him and he is in the father and the father is in me. It just has absolutely taken the revelation and the honor of the Holy Spirit and, the, and Jesus to another level in this 
beautiful Trinitarian relationship where we have with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I think that's a struggle. And I, and I, I personally believe we've heard from, you know, thousands of people from, you know, many countries around the world. And there's been some crazy things that testimonies we've heard. And uh, as how the father's love letter has been delivered to every home and entire nations and, and what the response has been with that. But uh, I really believe the cry of the human heart is in John 14, verse eight, where in, in verse six, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. And then uh, Philip in, in verse eight says to Jesus, show us the father and it will be enough. It will be sufficient. It will satisfy us. Mm. And of course, verse nine, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. And so, because he was an image of the invisible God. And so in what we have done over the years, we, there's no question in my heart that the cry of the human heart that each and every one of us on planet earth who's ever been born has, has this longing to be fathered by God, to be mothered by God, to be parented by God, because, because the, the first connection that each and every one of us has had on planet earth is with parental love. Or the absence of parental love. And, and that is the undoing of so much of the things that God has desired for us to be able to walk in our destiny. And so this revelation of the Father heart of God actually gives us a divine redo where we can rediscover his plans and his purpose in that, you know, that perfect, pure, unconditional parental love that God designed our parents to give us. But because they were broken... They could only give us what they got received from their parents. So right back to Adam and Eve, every generation. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, lots to unpack there. I, I guess I'm curious for you personally. Like you mentioned, growing up with um, a father who uh, who had an alcohol problem, that's obviously going to affect the wiring that you have. And so then it does make sense. You're hearing um, our father, uh, God as father, and there's kind of the disconnect there between the God of the Bible that you know intellectually versus the God of the Bible that maybe you're, you're experiencing in your heart. I'm going to assume that most of our listeners can relate on that front. I know I certainly can. Um, I grew up very performance-driven as well. Just um, not that my dad was, was such a difficult man or anything like that, but somewhere along the way I learned that performing well got his attention and it made me feel like I was acceptable. And um, that can really mess you up later on in life. You don't think too much of it maybe in those early years. But Barry, for you, what what did you what did you do? How did you bridge that gap between um, your earthly father experience and then understanding God as as a father, the way it's depicted in the Bible? Well, for me, I it culminated in a men's retreat um, in June of 1998 in North Bay, Ontario, and and the theme of the the weekend was knowing God as a father. And the first night of the retreat, uh, the the main speaker Jack Winter was speaking about these misconceptions of God as father that are rooted in our own father experiences. And it was in that meeting, I had no idea that I was doing that. I'm a pastor. I, I assumed I could even preach on the father heart of God, you know, as a pastor theologically, but I didn't have that intimate relationship. And it was in that meeting I discovered that I, I was seeing him through the lens a broken lens of my my the limited love that my father on on earth could give, and so the first step was was really seeing that, and you know, 
again, you know, my encouragement to anybody who's who's listening to this is that they would be able, you just ask God to say, do I see you accurately or am I seeing you through the lens of, of my father? And not only father, but mothers as well, because, you know, in Genesis 127, the Bible says that, that in his image, he created male and female. And so that, that even though the the word, the name father, and father is who he is, uh, it, it is a masculine term, but that God is love, and, and love is, is the full expression of love is not only a masculine expression, but it's a feminine expression. So yeah. I, I really believe it's, 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 it's with the mothering and the fathering, it's the parental love that can distort what the true love of God is. Because, you know, in Isaiah 66, uh, God says to Israel, as a mother comforts a child, so will I comfort you. So in the same way that a mother would comfort their child, the father in his his feminine maternal love can, will pour out his comforting love and nurturing love on us. And so, uh, so to me, my encouragement is to, if you feel like there is any kind of disconnect with this idea of God being father and just ask to show it if there's any kind of misconceptions of his nature and ask the Holy Spirit to, to open up the eyes of your heart to see, because the Bible says in Romans 8, 15 and 16, that we have not received a spirit that makes us a slave again to fear, but we've received the spirit of sonship by which we cry, Abba, Father, and the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God and heirs of God. So it's the role of the Holy Spirit to awaken in us that Abba cry to really see who we are as his heirs and join heirs with Jesus. And of course, as as Philip said to Jesus in, in uh, John 14, 8, show us the Father and it will be enough. Ask Jesus to show you the Father. That's, That's he loves to do that. So it's to me that would be the first step in a, understanding the disconnect. And oftentimes, you know, I, and of course, Sathya, you know this because you've heard me talk about it many times. But uh, it, there are different father types, and so if you've had a father that. Um, say was like my dad was demanding a, achievement. You, it's easy for you to make assumptions that God wants to achieve. He's a, he, he wants achievers and he rewards achievers and he shames those who fail. Uh, if you've had a father in your life that was absent, you know, or either through premature death or through divorce, or you don't see him, then you might assume God is, he he might be there, but he might leave you at any time. And if you've had a father who, who is passive, you know, like, pays the bills, you know, you know, gives you three square meals a day, but emotionally is unable to be able to speak into your life the words you need to hear. You might think God's there. He provides for the whole universe, but he is unable to emotionally open up his heart to you. So that's, that's what I would encourage. Just ask people or ask, ask God to show you if there's any blockages in that understanding. Even Martin Luther, he was honest, right? I have difficulty praying the Lord's Prayer because I, I, I default to my father's settings. Yeah, that's really well said. And, and I think a really powerful way to go about it. And you're right. There's no reason we, like, we could do this alone. But why would we do that when we can ask the Holy Spirit and get revelation that way? Um, you, you brought up a, a term that I was hoping you would. Uh, the term is sonship. And that was a, a word that I honestly didn't even know it was in the Bible. You know, it's like one of those things you read the Bible so many times and then suddenly you hear some guy preaching a whole message on a word you've never heard and then you realize it's in the Bible you've been reading all along. Um, that's what sonship was for me. And I, I guess I'm just thinking about our listeners who, 
you know, maybe uh, have some some issues in their life, you know, um, maybe it's it's sexually or, or otherwise, but some things that they want to grow in and they want to get better at um, to, to, you know, become the person God's made them to be. I think sonship is a huge part of this. It's really identifying that God-given identity and starting there before you achieve anything, before you accomplish anything. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about what life looks like for somebody when they are not living as a son. Um, uh, you know, we, the term I believe you use is kind of the orphan, the orphan spirit or sort of the qualities of an orphan. Uh, and then contrast it with what it looks like when you are actually walking in sonship and that, that message. Uh, what are the differences in, in a person? Um, can you can you expand on that a little bit, Barry? Oh, for sure. Yeah. The when we talk about an orphan heart, you know, like if we look in the, in the natural realm, and you think somebody who is is an orphan, and if you if you even see that if they they come from an orphanage, you realize that they have no fathers or mothers, that they're with other orphans, that they have to, you know, in an orphanage they have to compete, and there's the bigger orphans kind of rule the orphan orphanage, and you know, like nothing's for free. They don't get gifts because they're there's no parents to give them the gifts. So there's there's just this mindset. And, you know, in a sense, the the uh, Jesus called the enemy, the adversary, the devil, the father of lies. Right. So he is the he was the originator of the orphan heart. Like he was in the presence of the father as an as a archangel, Lucifer. And then he fell from that place and he became the forever fatherless one. So the goal that he's always had is to try to. Uh, make humanity like him. And, and he had this unholy alliance with Adam and Eve when they fell from the garden. So this orphan tendencies, orphan heart is, is, is very predominant in, in the community, in, in the world system that we live in at the dog eat dog world. Nothing's for free. You got to fight for everything you get. You know, you're as good as the last movie. You're it's, it's like this achieving this hamster wheel that never ends. But hmm. you know, that's because, you know, you don't have a, uh, the revelation of the father. But when we become a greater, you know, a, a, there's a greater awareness of the fathering of God. When we become re to realize that we are his sons and daughters. Yeah. And that's, it's not because we earned it, not because we deserved it, because what Jesus did on a cross and the whole idea of the spiritual rebirth is that we are born again into this kingdom where we are sons and daughters of the father. Then we begin to, the, 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 the grid of, of how we live totally changes because the kingdom of God is diametrically opposed to the kingdom of this world. Joe, uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 1, starting at verse 26, God says, or Paul writes, that God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the strong, the poor things to shame the rich, the foolish things to confuse the wise. And and so there's this 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 tension that we live in. And, and so coming into this place where we are translated from the kingdom of darkness, the Bible says in Colossians, into the kingdom of the son of his love. Now we are in a new kingdom with a, a whole different set of, of principles where we are sons and daughters to the father. And, and, we, and so when you're an orphan, like in the way that I looked at God, I was trying to do things in order to be accepted. But when we're sons, we realize we're accepted. And because we're accepted, we do things. But it is, it's totally different. And, you know, on the outside, it might not look any different. But on the inside, it, it makes the world of difference. You know, where that, you know, when Jesus started his public ministry, he came out of the waters of baptism and the windows of heaven tore open. And the Father spoke from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love. In him I'm well pleased. Before Jesus did anything in public ministry, he went with the affirmation of his father. 
Could you imagine your life? What would life look like for you if you were in a place where you lived from that open heaven experience every day with the father saying, this is my son whom I love. I'm pleased with you. You belong to me. Uh, a friend of mine, Jack Winter, or Jack Frost wrote a, a book experiencing the Father's embrace, and Jack's gone on to be with the Lord now. But one of the things Jack said that the the four basic emotional needs of the human heart is to be loved unconditionally, to feel like you belong, to feel praise and affirmation, and to have a sense of purpose and destiny. And I truly believe that when the Father spoke those words over Jesus at his baptism, he fulfilled every one of those emotional needs. This is my wow. son, meaning that Jesus belonged to the Father, whom I love, unconditional love and acceptance. In him, I am well pleased, praise and affirmation. And the Bible says immediately Jesus went to fulfill his destiny. So this, this idea of knowing that we're sons, the spirit of sonship, you know, uh, begins to convince us more every day. Because Paul says in Romans 8, I am convinced that nothing in all creation will separate me from the love of God. Though many things try to separate us, nothing can. So if Paul said, I'm convinced, there was a time when he wasn't convinced. And I believe that the Father, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is, is convincing us every day, more and more, you are my son. You're, you're, you know, there's an open heaven over your life. I'm not judging you. I'm not counting your sins. I love you. I believe in you. Trust your heart. Go for it. And I think the more that we can live in that revelation of love, the more that the practical sense of that, whether, you know, the struggles we have, you know, oftentimes, you know, we deal with, you know, even, you know, issues of the, the addictions that we have, whether they be drug addictions or sexual addictions or, or like we are, we were created to be comforted. Right. This is something that each and every person on planet Earth still needs. But one of the problems, I don't know in your generation, Sathya, but in my generation growing up, sometimes parents would say to their, their sons, big boys don't cry. And what that ended up doing is it, it you know, it, it was like it shut down something in the need to be comforted. And it wasn't like the, the, our need for comfort changed because we all need to be comforted at, you know, at 60 years of age. I need to be comforted as much as I did when I was three. And the, it, the thing is, if we're not aware of that foundational need to receive comfort that only can come from the source of comfort, Second uh, Corinthians 1, 3 to 5 says that God is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. If we don't receive the comfort that we were created to experience from him, we will seek it in other ways, in illegitimate ways, and in, in false comforts, in comfort food, and in gambling, and addictions, and you know, dysfunctional relationships where you know we're looking for a partner that's going to be fulfill every one of our our longings and be God to us. And and so that's where I believe the more that we realize that God is a father to us, and He He actually mothers us too, in in the way that the 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 feminine expression of His nurturing heart. It just is able to touch the very core of our being, and 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 to me that the expression that I use often still is that that he the father is continuing to love the orphan out of me, because there still is a residue of, and it's not in my spirit. I'm a new creation, but in the soul, in the in the mind, will, and emotions, there is a residue of an orphan world system. We live in the world; we're not of it, but we live in this broken world system that influences us every day. And so it's in that place where the father just said, you really are my son. And, and the, the most amazing thing for me, Sathya, is that because I, I, 
I was and still struggle in some ways with being a performance junkie, right? Trying to <laughs> to achieve in order to be to be affirmed. Um, the times when I experience the Father's love the most are the times when I feel I deserve it the least. Hmm. Because wow. it's it's not on the mountaintop experiences, even though it's great there, but it's usually in the valley of disappointment, discouragement, uh, fear, anxiety, uh, thinking I, I made a mistake. It's that's when I experience the Father's love, and I and I and it's like it's like He continues to to surprise and overwhelm me with this understanding that you love me here, mm. you love me when I'm failing, and so my encouragement, dear friends, is that that you know when you feel like you're a failure, when you feel like you're frustrated, when you feel like you're discouraged, my encouragement is that you would just be able to ask God then. Where are you now, Father? Can you show me where you are? And you will be absolutely blown away. Because in Timothy, it says, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot disown who he is. He has given his entire heart through the finished work of Christ. That redemption, you can't unring that bell. We are joined with Jesus forever. And the most glorious thing is when we begin to believe that. You know, I, I don't think people, you know, in, with the Father's love letter, you know, we've heard mostly good things around the world. But every once in a while, I'll, ha I'll, I'll hear a comment that's maybe a little negative, or you're not focusing on sin. You know, you're, you're telling people their love, but you're not telling them they're sinners. Right. I'm convinced more than that. People at the very core of their being, they know whether they try to hide it or not, or mask it, they know that they're sinners. The thing that we we struggle to believe is that we're loved with an everlasting love. And that is our mission and our mandate. And and I just encourage you that it's not only on the mountaintops that you can experience the Father's love. It's in the deepest valleys when you're you're feeling absolutely undone that the Father wants you to know how much he loves you. Wow, that's so beautiful. And it, it reminds me, uh, one of the things we talk about here with Deep Clean is that um, anybody can can live a life of freedom when things are easy and when you kind of have everything working out for you. But the true mark of whether or not you're free is how you handle a trial. Yeah. And I love what you're saying because I think it's the same thing um, that we can feel so loved by God in those those mountaintop moments. And even if we are making some process or some progress rather at a heart level, walking in that revelation, but the, the places where it really gets carved in us is in those difficult moments when um, the temptation is to revert back to your old patterns, old thinking, um, whatever it might be. Uh, that's that's beautiful, Barry. You're you're a wealth of of knowledge, and I I tell this about um, I tell this about you to my wife all the time, but I don't think I know anybody who embodies their message better than you. I feel like the moment you start talking, I'm instantly reminded of the Father, of just that that vibrancy and that warmth that He carries. Um, you're just you're, you're an incredible message uh, or messenger for your message. Uh, I don't usually ask this of guests, but I think it's it's appropriate. Would you be willing to just pray for the listeners? Um, uh, maybe for I, I'm going to guess a majority maybe haven't heard a message like this before. Um, let, let's assume that, and let's assume that uh, that people maybe want to they want to have that experience of God loving them unconditionally. Uh, would Would you pray us through that a little bit? Absolutely. It would be my joy. Father, we just thank you for every one of your sons. And if there are any daughters listening, I just pray, Abba, that there would just be an awakening in the very core of their beings. 
Father, that if there are any misconceptions that they might have of your true nature, the wounding that they have experienced from mothers and fathers. Father, as, as King David declared in Psalm 27, verse 10, when he said, though my mother or my father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Father, I pray even in this very moment that there would just be a supernatural awakening in the very core, the very fiber of the heart of each one who is listening, that they would know that they are not defined by how they were loved or not loved by their parents, how they were encouraged or not encouraged, how they were received or not received. That, Father, that they are defined forever by your amazing great love, your eternal affection for them, and I just pray right now there would just be a separation in the the very essence of who we are as we relate to you, that we would just know that any misconceptions of a broken earthly father or mother, that, that we would know that you are not like that, that they were before the foundation of the earth in the garden, they were intended to be a, 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 an accurate representation of your heart but they could only love you the way that they were loved and they were hurt. And so, Father, I pray that even in the midst of this, that there may be pain that comes up and memories that come up. And I just pray that the grace and mercy of the of your love and the Holy Spirit would just, just wrap your arms around everyone now. I pray that they would be able to have the grace to forgive their parents for the things that they they. Um, did or couldn't do for them. I pray, Father, that in this moment, there would just be an outpouring of your eternal affection. Father, that they would know that they're loved beyond um, yeah, a shadow of a doubt. There's nothing they could ever do to make you love them any more than you do right now. And there's nothing they could ever do to make you love them any less than you do right now. And I just pray, Father, that the, the roots of, of your love would just go deep into the soil of our heart. And that as Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, that, that you would just strengthen us by your spirit in our inner being so we could have power to grasp together with all the saints how deep and how wide and how high and how long the love of God is and that we might be filled to the full measure of the fullness of God. And I thank you for that. La the next verse that says unto him. Who is able to do exceedingly. Abundantly above all we could ever ask for. Think or hope or imagine. Father I just know it's you that does the work. It's you that is continuing to persuade us every day. That you are our true father. You are the perfect father. And you love us with an everlasting love. Help us, Father. I just see this picture of God just taking you by the hand. And, and just like it's the little you. It's not the, the, the competent, adult, independent you. But it's the little boy in you. The little girl that would just, you just takes you by the hand. And says, just, I just want to lead you into paths of righteousness for my namesake. Mercy and goodness will follow you all the days of your life. Father, I just pray for comfort to come, for strength to come, for encouragement to come. And Father, I pray for freedom, freedom to know that we are sons and daughters to Yahweh. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. Thank you, Jesus, for making this possible. Thank you for being the way home. Thank you, Father, for just being able to to have this eternal redemptive plan where we would become your children and you would be our true father. May these truths 
be solidified by the power of your Holy Spirit in each life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Barry, thank you so much. Uh, what a privilege. Uh, just lastly, if anybody does want to connect with you, uh, find out more about Father Heart Communications, where can they find out more? Well, the, the, the masthead website for all our teachings and things is fatherheart.tv. And of course, there's fathersloveletter.com, which, which started all this and that's still going. And, uh, and we have a few other websites as well. But if you connect with those two websites, you can get to us to the other ones. And of course, we're on Facebook as well. Barry, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Ah, uh, my joy as always, Sathya, anytime. Hey, everybody, Sathya here, and I hope you enjoyed that interview with Barry. Man, I'll just tell you, he, um, he just brings a big smile to my face. I just feel like he's this big kid in, in some ways, and I mean that in a really positive way. You know, like he's just so easygoing, so lighthearted, and he's got this great energy about him and this great innocence. Uh, but you can see God's really used him. And I know for me personally, the first time I heard him share his message and talk about um, you know, knowing God as a father, it, it was really, um, it was just hard to grapple with, you know, I didn't, I didn't really get it. And or I, I kind of understood it, but it never really went into my heart. And I, I had to listen to his teachings a lot. Um, in fact, I've probably heard Barry speak, um, I would say at least 20 times, maybe 25, 30 times. And I've heard his messages over and over again. And, and gradually, they've started to really shape and change the way I view myself and the way I view God. And so I just want to encourage you, like, if you want to get more into this, if you kind of felt like it struck a chord with you, go to his website, check it out, uh, get into get into his messages a little bit more. There's just, there's so much good stuff there. And I know you're going to find incredible value from it. So uh, that's everything. Hey, if you want more uh, great content like this, I just want to remind you, we have a, a weekly newsletter that we send out Thursday mornings with the latest recovery insights and tips. And if you want just more great content like this podcast, then we encourage you to subscribe and make sure that you get notified about this when new episodes drop, which right now is very, very often. Hey, uh, lots of love to you guys. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing day. and We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.